Hi, welcome to Sweet Release. This is Sotsi and Sarah. Um, we've got a lot to cover today. It's been a pretty eventful week. Um, obviously, Roe versus Raid. Roe versus Wade, yeah. Yeah, Roe versus Wade. I think Roe is the woman who, like, presented it to, like, the Texas court, like, in the 70s or something. I can't believe this has been a 50-year thing. Like, 50 years people have been debating over women's bodies. Yeah, I don't... Maybe this is just, like, what's topical for us, so it's what we see on the news, but it seems like there's just, like, so many conversation over, you know, like, trans people, abortions, and, like, I think, like, not only is this, like, a war on women's bodies, but it's a war on young women's bodies. Like, this is, they're talking about, like, an age group who, I mean, when do people get their periods? Like, 9, 10? Like, a third of the population can't even vote. I mean, usually, your period's usually over by the time you're, like, 40. Like, Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah, I've never thought about it like that, how the people who they're kind of, like, attacking can't even vote on the subject. Um, I mean, it's it's obviously just, like, a really sad thing. I mean, personally, I... And, you know, this is, like, a personal decision that every person, like, needs to make for themselves about their bodies, you know, that's this whole argument, but, like, I think an abortion is, like, a really sad thing, it's, like, a really, like, sad situation to be in that you have to do that, but, like, having a uterus, like, having that, like, in your body gives you this it's like a gift it's a power where you get to like make those life and death decisions um and like no one else is ever going to be able to make them that's the thing like it's just there's there are studies done about this that um just as many illegal abortions happened as like when it was illegal do you know what I mean Mm -hmm. yeah and It's really interesting to think about, like, the uterus in general and, like, how much controversy, like, the uterus really is that bitch, (laughs) like, (laughs) but, yeah, I'm just, like, still kind of, like, thinking about how so many young girls are affected, and this is gonna sound kind of mean, but, you know, I'm not really, like, around, like, children a lot, but, like, Sometimes I see children, and I'm like, oh, like, what if your children, like, what, like, they're, like, they're not getting the best treatment possible, you know? It's like, they're, what do you mean? It's like, they didn't, their moms didn't really have, like, an option. Like, what about those kids? Like, even though that sounds bad, and, like, life is so precious, but it's like, some people are better off not having kids, and they should have that option available to them. I read about this, um, I don't want to call it a service, lol, but, like, okay, and I don't, like, I don't know if I agree with her, but this woman, like, goes around in her van, and she approaches, like, um, drug addicts on the street, like, women who are drug addicts, and she says to them, I'll give you $500 cash right now if you get sterilized. Um, And this is, like, her passion is going around and doing this. And, like, obviously people take the money. Like, you know, when you're addicted to drugs, like, you're, like, looking for money. Um, And they like get in her van I don't really know how it works but they just like get sterilized really quickly and I don't I think it's kind of cruel but it is really interesting like a lot of babies are born in like those sorts of situations you know yeah I think I know what you're talking about because she specifically went to like women who were kind of like crackheads 
like there's no other nice way to put that but sometimes people just like mm-hmm. are that and like that's fine <laughs> yeah that's it's okay to be a crackhead it's perfectly like, fine there's nothing wrong with that but it's kind of putting someone else's life at risk if you decide to have a baby and like obviously that baby might not get the greatest opportunities you can also like adopt and stuff like that but then there's whole issues with that going on so it's just a, such like a sensitive subject like it's really hard not to talk about it without feeling like you're stepping on eggshells because it's like who can who am I gonna offend talking about this like super specific niche subject of like right I mean it's super specific yeah like that's the thing about it and that's why you can't make laws about it and like rules about like what it's gonna look like yeah like it just feels wrong to even well I guess it's like something that needs to be talked about like sex education and stuff like needs to be more like prioritized in schools and whatever but at the same time it's like what why make a law about someone's body, especially with trans laws what too? Was, like, I'm just curious what your sex education was like, like in Catholic school. For well, I went to a public high school, mm-hmm. and it was like still kind of like Christianized, I would say, because our graduating class was like 300 people. Like it was like super small, um, mm-hmm. and I only remember going to like one sex ed class. And that was kind of, like, it. It was, um, there was, like, a mandatory elective that we took, and we took it in middle school, and we took it in high school. And in middle school, I remember we learned about, like, a penis and a vagina and, like, their parts. Like, I do remember that. That was fun, you know, everyone was screaming. (laughs) Um, but in high school... I don't remember learning anything, you know, about my cycle, about, like, various, like, complications that can happen with that. What I do remember was the teacher handed out a pretzel and had everyone in the room touch the pretzel and pass it around the room. And then she held it up and she was like, now does anyone want to eat this? And everyone was like, you know, like, ew, like, everyone touched that. And she was like, exactly, like, your body is, needs to be pure. No one's going to want to touch that. Like, it was like that. It was crazy. Wow, that's, that's so traumatizing in a way. Oh, you know what else happened? And this is sort of why I believe, like, these things shouldn't really be co-ed. Can I tell this story? Yeah, I'm just going to do it. So we watched this video about pregnancy, you know, like it was like a video from the 80s. It was super like poor quality. And like when it was like time for her to give birth, she was like getting in the bathtub and there was someone, I think I want to say he had special, you know, he had special needs. Like he, do, I think if you do this, it indicates that you have special needs. He starts masturbating like violently in the class and like (laughs) and we had the desks that were like the chair was attached to the desk and like he's like jerking off so violently that he's like kind of like standing with the desk attached to his body and it's like shaking and like eventually she notices and she like pauses the movie and turns out the light and he just runs out of the classroom that's so weird that men are so weird it's funny how men like get so turned on by like pregnant women and stuff but oh my god what is that I don't know but during my maternity class we were learning about how because the maternity class that I took in nursing school like the teacher that I had was like super like esoteric and like she had crystals behind her all the time and she had like her own like home birth practice like she was the best and like loved her and (laughs) she was like telling us like the best ways to like induce labor naturally is like by having sex and like by playing with like the couples playing with each other you know like touching the nipple and whatever (laughs) like that's the best way to like induce it naturally because and that's like kind of maybe like his primitive instinct at that time was like oh I want to fuck that to like help her like something Mm. I mean once I was looking up um I was just seeing like the OnlyFans people who were like severely pregnant and that was like their thing I was just like curious you know and there was a lot of them yeah there's there's many uh, an expecting mother (laughs) um that's so funny 
like people's kinks are so weird but there's also like a kink of like where men want to have like as many children as possible like Nick Cannon obviously has that he has like what is like 16 kids or something (laughs) who is Nick Cannon again Uh, I think he's like a rapper from like the early 2000s oh really yeah he's like oh my god do you know do you know NBA young boy yeah Oh my god, he has like a harem, haram, I'm not, I'm sorry, I don't know how to pronounce that word, but I think I want to say, last time I checked on this boy, and I'm going to say boy, he was like 19, with, I want to say four babies by four different women, and, you know, that's fine if that's what you want to do, but like, you know, it stresses me out for him, and now he has even more. And I want to say he has a baby with Floyd Mayweather's daughter. Oh, yes. I know who you're talking about now with that. That's, yeah. I feel like Cristiano Ronaldo is going to be like that also. Cristiano Ronaldo. Oh, my God. I love him. Yeah. I feel so sad his baby passed away. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, I think during, like, shortly after labor, like, after she delivered, too. Oh, that's really sad. I know. A sick baby is... I wouldn't wish that on anybody. I know. It's horrible. It's really horrible. I mean, that's another... Not to bring this back to our, like, political conversation, but I guess to bring this back to our political conversation, that's another thing with Roe versus Wade. Like, if you find out that you're going to have a stillbirth or something... The government is saying, we don't care, like, go through with that, Mm -hmm. you know? It's just completely unnecessary, like, to carry a a baby to labor who's not going to be able to survive. Yeah, that and, like, the ectopic pregnancies, like, when that's, like, outside of the fallopian tube and it can, like, rupture your entire abdomen and, like, just cause major, like, medical issues, like, that's an abortion. I don't know. Yeah, it's, it's just very cruel. It is so cruel. I I don't know. I just don't like how the government is doing that. And if the government does, like, block Roe versus Wade because it's, like, in the holding period right now, I'm not sure when it's going to, like, be released or whatever. Um, but if they do that, then I feel like we're just, like, regressing as a society. Like, it's just, like, not futuristic. Like, the most futuristic thing that, like, are as a civilization we can do is, like, try to integrate as much, like, modalities of treating people as possible and I feel like there's better ways to do abortions you know like they they can give like pills to people to have abortions they can give injections to people like we're just on the front lines of like doing all that and also once we learn how to like engineer sperm that's it (laughs) like it's over for men Yeah. yeah I mean there's just so many situations you know, you know what else I want to bring up? Um, I think it's really interesting, like, okay, and again, like, femininity is a very personal thing. Like, the feminine experience is going to vary, like, from household to household, from woman to woman. But I think, like, a large aspect of that for me and for people I know is sort of, like, holding things for other people, you know? Like carrying their burdens, carrying their problems, um, you could say, like, emotional support, like, um, you know, to hold, like, the idea of the divine feminine, she's, like, holding things, Mm -hmm. um, and I, I think it's interesting how in these conversations that have been coming up about Roe versus Wade and about abortions, we use gender-neutral pronouns and we just like speak of it um neutrally Mm -hmm. and again like I don't mind doing this it's not it's like easy for me to like change the pronoun you know but I was reading about it a little bit and there is I want to say 900,000 abortions a year in the U.S. and about 400 to 600 of those abortions are gender neutral or trans people and so you know like the the overwhelming majority of abortions um are happening to women like self-identified women and this um bill is disproportionately affecting women and disproportionately affecting black and brown women but I'm just I'm um 
And I, again, I don't have a problem with it. I just think it's interesting how many conversations and how many infographics and like tweets and blurbs I'm seeing about like, remember to use inclusive language. Remember that not all like people with uteruses are women, you know? And while that may be true, it just like, I don't know. It's It's interesting to think about. Yeah, I think I know what you're saying. It is just like don't um don't like block someone else's femininity or something because like having a child is arguably like a very feminine experience. So, mm-hmm. but yeah, I I like to use the term like birthing people instead of like woman because that is like more inclusive because like there are like men who can Mm -hmm. give birth or whatever but it's just better to say like a birthing person so yeah Mm -hmm. yeah and again like I agree it's like it's like why not make this group more comfortable by using this language you know but I just think um it can invalidate someone else's experience in certain ways yeah Mm -hmm. yeah exactly um but I think like both truths can be true together oh yeah there's many different like paths of truth that you can like form from that every every why connects to a why not Mm -hmm. um but yeah the concept of gender is really interesting too and I feel like Gender is, like, something else that's really touchy to talk about because you can never just, like, like gender someone off of, like, the way that they look. And that's been, like, a really hard concept for, like, even, like, Gen Z to kind of, like, realize because, like, the earlier Gen Z people, so I think that's, like, the 1995 to, like, the 2001, like, that, that would be, like, the early Gen Z people. Like, we were raised with that, like, instilled tradition of, like, our parents from like the 60s and 70s like that's where our parents come from and like that's the way that our parents like taught us so we're still like unlearning these biases on a very subconscious level so it's very hard for us to like not like just judge someone right away or like to kind of categorize them as like a gender but like the whole like invalidating a woman's experience like we have to like go back to that because like having like a very traditional female experience is also something that like should be celebrated well I would even say I mean we we've learned on like an academic level that gender is different from sex right sex is your um sexual organs um it's like what you're given at birth gender is something that develops later Mm -hmm. but I think for a lot of people for a lot of um cis is this the full word is this like a shortened word for something else cisgender oh yeah (laughs) for a lot of cisgender people um their i their gender identity is linked to their sex Mm -hmm. like um and I'm not I'm not sure what to do with that I'm not sure if I'm supposed to be like working away from that or if I'm just supposed to be open to the idea that other people like experience gender differently um but I know like just like my experience as a woman is like largely centered around my period you know and my cycle and that gets confusing for me Yeah, I get what you're saying. For me, like, as well, like, I love my vagina. (laughs) I love, like, my cycle. I love, like, (laughs) seeing the moon and having, like, such, like, a response to that. Mm. And other people can have that, too. But, like, it's deeper for me. Like, I connect so much (laughs) to, like, my femininity, you know? Like, it's really hard for me to, like, not... To, like, disconnect from that. And, like, there has been times and, like, there are times where, it's, like, I kind of disconnect from that and, like, I come back to it. And that's usually when I'm on my period and stuff like that. But, like, you're getting your period as, like, a reminder mm-hmm. that, like, you are female or, or like, you're female for yeah. a reason and stuff like that. Um, mm-hmm. I think it's a lot about, and again, like, I'm just speaking off my own experience, but, like, 
womanhood is pain you know like beauty is pain Mm -hmm. there's pain like built into the system like there's pain in like the way like others treat you the way like men treat you like it's just about like (laughs) suffering yeah in a very specific way yeah I like beauty is pain because like I guess everything is beauty it's like everything is painful oh that's interesting but it's even more pain, like, when you're experiencing it. But the more beautiful your world is, the more pain you have to go through. I like that. Yeah. I guess there's, like, and a I mean, balance. The scales. I want to I wanna say as well, like, a trans woman is a woman to me. Like, I don't, like see any difference because of like their different identity to their gender than like my experience of my gender like I know like everyone is different like but there are differences just like in the experience of being a trans woman versus being a woman and I'm not sure if we're supposed to be like acknowledging those and creating that separation between us or if we're supposed to um just expand the definition of womanhood, womanhood, you know, and make it this, like, big, all-inclusive orb. Maybe, like, there can still be an orb, but there's, like, different, like, auras surrounding the orbs, which is, like, different subcategories, because being a trans woman is arguably different than being, like, a natural-born woman, and, like, I hope I don't get hate saying that, because it's true in a way, but also... Well, yeah, of course. Yeah, it is true, but, um... There is also, like, such a beauty in being a trans woman. Like, I love talking to um, male-to-female transition people because I feel like they had to, like, learn their womanhood in, like, a different way. And, like, they did that, like, um, through, like, dancing or through, uh, like, like different types of, like, self-expression. But, like, that kind of, mm-hmm. like, catalyzed something, so, like, so different from them. So it's, like, its own beauty in itself. This isn't true um, for every trans woman, of course, but it's sort of like a perfection of the art of femininity, you know, um, because, um, you know, if, if I decided to go out like in basketball shorts and like a giant like dirty t-shirt and like, you know, just look a mess, like I could do that and I would still be treated as a woman. I mean, I would probably be treated like worse because men um, only care about you if they can objectify you, but I would still be seen as a woman and treated as a woman. Whereas for a trans woman, um, you know, it's like, and it depends obviously, but like oftentimes the standard is really different and they have to go through of feminization process and I think that's really interesting and beautiful it's sort of like um a butterfly coming out of a cocoon you know mm-hmm. yeah that's the imagery that I got when you're explaining that also mm-hmm. I like how modern medicine has made that available to people which is why abortions shouldn't be banned because that just like limits technology in ways yeah I mean I don't know, I feel not, and I mean, like, gender-affirming surgery is, like, a whole different category, but just, like, cosmetic procedures in general and, like, how precise they're getting, I'm not sure how I feel about it. Um, I think you cannot escape your karma and what you're able to put off like now through cosmetic procedures um like you will have to face someday like either when you're an old woman or in another life and that's fine you know I don't think it makes like that big of a difference but I don't know just something about it like It was, I mean, it was, like, 
it's procedures like invented by men for women, largely speaking, you know? Yeah. I'm kind of like so pro customization. I don't know. I think it's, again, just like one of like the brilliant technologies that like humanity created. But I do get what you're saying. Like, you can't escape your fate. <laughs> yeah, and I, but then again, like, maybe your fate was just to fix that, you know? Yeah. I don't know. I'm not a god. Yeah. Not yet, at least. Technically, you are a god, though. Oh, you think so? I think everyone is a form of god. <laughs> yeah. That's what makes it so painful to be down. I think humans are, like, they're, like, dense. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, um, just, like, speaking, moving, like, action, like, everything in this realm is really, like, clumsy. Um, I mean, it's, um, it's really difficult to say what you want to say, you know what I mean? Or, like, translate your thoughts, for me at least. Yeah, I feel that. I think that the like the energy of humans is like kind of like too chaotic at times which is why birds and lizards run away from us oh that's interesting I mean don't you think it's because we kill them oh yeah there's that too (laughs) the squirrels in Philly are really different like they're just gonna like jump onto your leg that's cool no, it's scary. It's really horrible. I mean, it's fine. I shouldn't complain about that. It's horrible. I actually, um, before I got sick this weekend, I saw The Northman, which was about, like, spoiler alert, it was about this, um, Viking guy who, he, like, saw his father get murdered when he was young, and he, like, vowed to get his revenge and, like, like spends his whole life, like, training, and then he, like, gets on a slave ship and is, like, pretending to be a slave to get, like, closer to the family, and it just dawned on me watching that, like, I don't know, it's really interesting to think about how, like, one day everyone got together and they were, like, okay, we've, like, survived another famine. We need to start counting the years. So this is going to be year one. And then, you know, it was year eight, and then it was year, like, 40. And, like, a kid would ask, you know, like, what happened before zero? And everyone was just like, I don't know. Like, I can't remember. And, like, I don't know, in some ways, and it really wasn't that long ago, like, 2,000 years is, like, if everyone is living, like, 100 years, that's, like, 20 lifetimes. And, like, and then some, you know, but it's really not that long ago. Mm-hmm. And back in these days, Sarah, men were acting like men. Like, they were hunting and they were running and, like, training and, like, they were protecting, defending. Like, they had, like, pride and honor because they were you know taking care of their families taking care of their village and like men today they just eat hot chips and they lie and I think that's why they abuse that's why they're so crazy about like controlling access to our bodies like they're just not doing what they're supposed to be doing like they're supposed to be outside providing yeah I guess you can... And we're supposed to make them lunch. (laughs) I was going to say, like, men would argue that, like, women aren't being women. Like, we're not in the kitchen folding dough to make, like, the most best, like, sandwich ever. But... I saw that movie, too, The Northmen. I... Oh, really? Did you like it? Yeah, I liked it a lot. It was just, like, Hamlet. Is that what the, the thing is called? With, like, the... Lion King. Oh, like, it's such a classic story. 
Yeah, it is a classic story. I mean, there's only, like, four stories, you know what I mean? Yeah. That TikTok, like, literally changed everyone's life. <laughs> <laughs> I I really liked it. Um, I, I thought it was really trippy. I really like Anya Taylor-Joy. I did, mm-hmm. like, low-key have a fever, though, in the movie theater. I was wearing my N95, so nobody needs to worry. But, um, Jan and I, like, walked there in the rain, and I was sitting, and, like, my bones were aching, and I was thinking, like, why are my bones aching? Like, this makes no sense. Like, what's going on with my bones? And then, when I got home that night, actually, I had a dream that these girls, like, stole our podcast name. Like, they made a podcast called Sweet Release Podcast, and I transformed into, like, that like centaur goddess like in the sky who was like screaming at the end you know it was like a fever dream and I was like riding and like Mm -hmm. the light was like like space and time were around me yeah it was it was terrible being sick but I really liked that movie yeah walking in the rain always makes me sick yeah it's not a good thing to do it is not use an umbrella right and like it's not like a they don't tell you that in adulthood to to buy an umbrella you know I grew up um I think I'm an advocate for physical violence in certain in certain situations I think people just need to get down to it and fight and that oftentimes resolves a lot of tension a lot of like hatred built up resentment I just grew up in a community where that's how people solve problems is they would fight Mm -hmm. and then I went to college and everyone was like I don't know if I tried to fight someone in college and like looking back on it there like should have been some fights that like would have helped everyone just like resolve things but if I tried to fight someone they would have been like she physically assaulted me. You know what I mean? (laughs) Yeah, but, like, the person was instigating it, but you can't say that to the cops because they'll be like, well, they didn't do anything to you physically. Yeah. I don't know. That's still, like, a working theory, but... I, I like that theory. In high school, they would call it, like, going bodies with someone. Oh, interesting. That sounds kind of sexual. Yeah, they're like, uh, like, bro, do you want to go bodies with me? And, like, that basically just meant, like, are you going to fight me? Like, let's fight. And, like, that's how guys would, like, just get out their testosterone level for the day. Is, like, they'd go bodies. And, like, I would do that, too, with, like, oh my, my friends. Like, I would ask them, like, do you want to go bodies? And they'd be like, sure. And we'd just, like, tussle on the ground. With your friends? Yeah. Like, when I was in high school and I was, like, we were all, like, <laughs> super, like, ADD. <laughs> that's cute. I was, I think I was at, like, a softball practice or something, and I was sitting outside, and we were, like, watching the older girls play, and we were, like, the underclassmen, and this girl was like, oh, what do you think of, I'm gonna call her Katie, what do you think of Katie's hair? And I was like, oh, it's fine, like, I don't really care, and I said, I think she dyed it. And they were like, what do you mean? And I was like, well, she has blonde hair, but she has dark brown eyebrows. So I just think it's like dyed hair. And then like everyone, she, this was a, she was a big, like strong girl and everyone kept coming up to me and they were like, oh, like Katie heard what you said. She heard that you said her hair was dyed and she wants to fight you. She's looking for you. And I was so freaking scared, Sarah. Like I like left school because I didn't want to get jumped by this girl. And then like that night on Facebook, she messaged me and she was like, I heard that you told everyone that my hair is dyed. Well, it's not. Like, I've had this color since birth. And I was like, okay, like, I'm so sorry. Like, I'm really sorry. It's like, okay, if you dye your hair, you know? And she was like, I just wouldn't be talking that way about upperclassmen if I were you. Like, you need to, like, learn your place at this school because the next person you say this about isn't going to be as nice as me. (laughs) Girls named Katie, bro. Yeah, I just wanted to share that. I love Girls Named Katie. 
but like they have a presence. Maybe it's like the like the really hard syllables and like the immediate vowels after that, like KT. Yeah, I know what you mean. Very like um toothy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um I also I feel like Amanda Amanda is a like, is a tough one too, yeah. It's bad news. It's bad news. I have a really good friend named Amanda though, and like she is a ride or die for sure. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. I I got into a couple of fights in high school. Maybe I've already talked about this in the podcast, but yeah, I would get into <clears throat> I would get into like a lot of fights. And like looking back on it now, it's like kind of funny because like I am kind of like a shorter person. And every single person that I got in a fight with was, like, way taller than me. (laughs) So it's, like, what was I thinking? Like, what was I doing? Like, but it's good to fight because, again, it's just, like, a primitive thing. I watched this one girl's story today, and she was, like, first thing I do when I wake up in the morning is I fast, and I go to the gym and work out because it produces dopamine because it mimics what we used to do when we were in hunter-gatherer days. It's, like, we'd go look for food, and, like, we wouldn't eat. And that's, like, it produces more, like, stuff like that. And I feel like that can be said about fighting as well. Yeah, I just think we need more primitive experiences. Um, We're so, these past 2,000 years, you know, like, we're so removed from just things that are really, like, integral to being human. And, like, I feel like we still struggle for survival in the same sort of way. Do you know what I mean? Like, not everyone, like, some people are, like, very blessed, you know, but, like, you have to, like, work hard to make it out here, you know? Yeah. But humans, like, are addicted to stress. or We, like, we, like, search for stress. Why do you think that is? I think it's, like, the same... It's the same concept as, like, if you get into a relationship with someone, it's not going to work out if, like, you don't love yourself because there's, like, something missing. Like, there needs to be something filled in that area. Like, self, like you need to have self-love sort of thing. It's, like, a box that you need to, like, fill before. And, like, stress is, like, a box that you need to fill in order to experience joy and happiness in a certain way. Kind of like a hopscotch thing. Well, the good is more good when it comes after bad you know? Yeah, exactly. Like, people, like, love going to Disneyland because they, like, are suffering <laughs> the other, like, 50 weeks of the year. But, like, if you live at Disneyland, you go there every single day, like, it's just not Disneyland. Yeah. <laughs> it's just not Disneyland without the the stress. I do know people that have worked at Disneyland, though, and they've been, like, obsessed with it and, like, have been so happy Really? Yeah, Disneyland is weird. I have a theory that, like, well, because they do, like, take these things. Like, they have, like, these things around Disneyland that, like, gets rid of all of the bugs. And they, like, release mice every single night to, like, eat all all of, like, the bugs and stuff. Or, like, they, like, they have, like, the most crazy, like, holistic, natural ways of, like, keeping the air, like, so clean. Because it's, like, in the middle of Anaheim, which is, like, between freeways and stuff. But, um... I have a theory that, like, their air conditioning, they, like, put some sort of, like, cocaine or something in that because it's, like, addicting to be there. Oh, that's interesting. I mean, they have good apples, right? Yes. I literally go there just for the freaking caramel apples. Yeah, guys, Sarah's always talking about the apples at Disneyland. (laughs) It's like I was craving it so badly last month for some reason, so like I I made my mom take me. Um, and you can like see them like dip in the caramel. Oh, it's amazing. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, I mean caramel apples are just really good. Yeah, the lollipop caramel apples. Have you ever had <gasps> those? Oh, I was just gonna say it's like it's like inside it's brown then it's green. Yeah. Oh my god, that's, so that's top two. Have you had C's lollipops? The C's vanilla lollipop? No, but I should have that if it's if it's number one. Do you one. know C's candy? Yeah. You need to have the vanilla lollipop. It's so good. I'm crazy about oh it. Oh my gosh, okay. Those are my top two lollipops. I need to try it because I, I only have one 
top lollipop and that's the caramel apple one um what else are we gonna i haven't had candy in a month really yeah and i'm like a huge like i live i used to live for candy but then i was reading that um every time you have half a teaspoon of white sugar it lowers your immune system by 50 percent for two hours so I was like, I have to cut white sugar. And I, I've had a little bit of white sugar, but just like no candy. But I'm still sick, so I don't know what that was about. Yeah. I don't remember the last time I had Anyways. candy, but I do eat hot Cheetos quite frequently. So I feel like it <laughs> cancels each other out. Oh, I had hot Cheetos actually for the first time in like, I want to say like seven or eight years. I got them like a week ago. It's really good. Yeah, I. It's amazing. My diet right now is basically just like granola and yogurt and like this turmeric tea that I've been obsessed with. It's from um. Oh, what is it? It's from Anima Mundi. It's like an she's an herbalist, and it's um just turmeric and chai together, and it is so bomb. And I just put like hot water in it, but you can use milk to like make a latte. But I don't really like. That sounds good. Yeah, I don't like milk and turmeric together though. Really? Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. When I lived in India, I would have chai, like, maybe, like, 14 times a day, like, at the most. Yeah. Like, I was just so crazy about it. And they make it. They put it in these little – if you get it from, like, a person on the street, they put it in these little terracotta pots that they just make right there. And when you finish drinking it, you just smash it. <laughs> I love that. Well, I guess that's what I'm saying is, like, American society doesn't have enough, like, smashing and, like, fighting and destruction, you know? Yeah. And so we're just harboring that within us. Yeah, that's true. Unless you drive a lot, then, like, that's a good time to get out your rage is, like, flipping someone off. But, like, that doesn't, like, satiate <gasps> the need. You do that? No, I don't. But I see other people do it. I'm a very, like, grandma-ish driver. Like, I have, like, my seat, like, all the way up because, like, I don't want to, like, develop a hunchback. And I, like, drive with my sunglasses <laughs> on at, like, 40 miles an hour, like, on the freeway. <laughs> I don't think I'm ever going to learn to drive. Like, I just don't think it's for me. Honestly, don't. There's no purpose of driving unless you live in California or, like, Arizona or something. Should we talk about um, quantum jumping? Yeah. I guess we only have a few minutes. Well, I think I basically just wanted to say, like, we're in eclipse season right now. We're, like, literally right in between eclipses and like Sarah what is an eclipse <laughs> an eclipse is basically when the sun and moon kind of collide with each other in the sky and like blocks a light path so that's why eclipses are considered like malefic events quote unquote because they're blocking light and like the ancient people would be like oh my gosh where's the sun for like three minutes and like all <laughs> chaos would like go loose for like those three minutes and it'd be like the purge you know and like when the teacher would turn off the light and everyone would scream. Yeah. And it's like someone's missing. <laughs> like that's those are eclipses basically. And like that that were like in between eclipses, it's kind of like an anything goes sort of thing. Or it's like fate and time are kind of like aligning in weird different ways to like make it so like the circumstances in your life are changing. And that's basically eclipses. And quantum jumping, I feel like, is so easy during eclipses because I feel like I've quantum jumped. And quantum jumping is basically, like, when you put yourself in another reality. Like, um, I'm pretty sure we all know that parallel universes are true. Do you believe in that? Yeah, I guess, uh, yeah. I mean, I guess I'm open to it. I feel like a lot of the people that I talk to who are, like, extremely educated on like astrophysics and stuff it's like if I bring up parallel universes it's not like an immediate dismissal it's kind of like oh I mean I guess yeah that can be true and it's like mm -hmm. but religion is a no you know sort of thing or <laughs> yeah like parallel universes there's like a 99% chance that it's a true phenomenon that happens just because like space and time is not like materialized like there's no matter for that so therefore like we can't observe it in like an objective way or something 
kind of confusing, but that's kind of like what eclipses bring about because of the nodes of like fate and time and whatever. So yeah, I just feel like I've jumped into like multiple universes this week and that's kind of like what brings about eclipse symptoms is like you're kind of like your soul is like warping between different versions of yourself, which can bring insomnia, it can bring eyesight problems, sinus problems, things like that. It's like your body and your soul are kind of like getting discombobulated. Well, what what universes have you shifted into this week? Like the worst ones. <laughs> Oh my god, really? Well, yeah, I think I definitely shifted into a new universe, the last eclipse. Um, like, I don't know, I just, like, felt it. And then I, I feel like every decision that you make kind of, like, branches off. And I know that's, like, what the movie Everything All at Once was about. Oh, when my mom saw it, mm-hmm. I'll just say really quickly, she, like, did not get it. I wasn't really expecting her to get it. And I was like, well, what did you think it was about? And she said, I think it was a movie about people who see the world like that. And then she paused and she was like, do you see the world like that? <laughs> and it was just really sweet, you know? Yeah, that's really interesting. Because there's so, like, every person has a different perspective on life. I mean, like, I guess there's some people that share, like, similar perspectives. But, like, that's not, like in truth because everyone has a different set of eyes sort of thing um wait but i want to know what universes you shifted into i don't really know like what to call them i think it was funny how like everything all at once had like the kung fu universe (laughs) like there was like very specific (laughs) names for them that kind of like just highlighted it um but right now i feel like i'm in like the nursing universe where it's like i have like a very clear path ahead of me of like what could become but like I want to like warp out of that and like go into like the optim like the optimal prime universe you know like the alpha sarah Mm -hmm. universe see for me I and this is just dawning on me now that you're talking about it but I I've been like expressing for a while to my (laughs) my deities that I'm ready to, like, level up, I'm ready to, like, take on new responsibility, like, I want them to, like, I'm, like, open to that, you know, um, and then I got so sick out of nowhere, and I'm, like, you know, I take my vitamins religiously, I, like, truly, I've only seen one person besides Jan in this, and my mom in this, like, entire month, and, like, I'm, like, really good about wearing a mask, you know? And, like, it wasn't COVID. I don't know what it was, but it just, like, slammed me, you know? And I feel like... I feel like the universe was, like, you need to, like, burn through a little bit more karma before we can bring in this thing for you, you know? Mm. Yeah. Well, how do you... How do you quantum jump? Um, you can do it by, like, going to a doorway and then, like, putting maybe, like, salt or, like, maybe, like, rose petals around the doorway and, like, making it, like, really pretty. And then just kind of, like, thinking, like, beyond that doorway is this life and, like, just, like, sit there and, like, think about, like, that life that's beyond that doorway. You know, like, you having a super easy time remembering things or like you know something like that (laughs) like that's the one thing that I can think of right now like you have like you just being super smart at something (laughs) and then you just kind of like walking into that and like kind of like imagining yourself stepping into like this semi-permeable membrane thing and like letting it like cover you as like you enter this door like this new doorway life and that's an easy way to do it I guess thinking or, like, considering um, what kind of person, like, okay, if you're imagining a universe where, yeah, you have a really good memory, like Sarah said, you can, you should think, like, 
what does this version of me who has a good memory, like, what are the differences? Like, what are they like? What do they do? What do they wear? What do they own? You know, and then, like, create those circumstances. That's what I would say on that. Yeah. And also, I truly believe that, like, your subconscious will, like, kind of figure that stuff out for you. Like, you just need to know, like, your conscious self just needs to know, like, the titles and, like, the subconscious will, like, fill out the rest of, like, the paragraphs, whatever. I swear people spend so much time limiting themselves. Like, I see it all the time. I've been really aware of it recently, but just people being, like, you're supposed to do this. Like, this is how you do this. Like, people who are like this cannot do this. Like, just people create so many rules about like who they are and who they're allowed to be and it's just I think stepping away from that is really powerful yeah I agree with that like not to put yourself you know like how other people see you or like how like you have to behave in a certain way it's like have that narrative with that person or something like allow yourself to change what do you think of this statement um whatever planet you have in the eighth house is like where you create limits for yourself um I feel like that's kind of like a psychological approach to astrology which I don't really gel with (laughs) because the eighth house is just about like other people's inheritances and it's like about your health insurance and it's about more like concrete things or it's the product of relationships and sex and intimacy and stuff like that or like how you like or like your traumas that have happened from relationships but I guess that can kind of be said about like that statement though like on a psychological level so yeah honestly like Anytime I see anything on Twitter or TikTok about astrology that pertains to me, I, like, look it up on my chart and, like, reflect on, like, my childhood issues and cry. Aww. Yeah, astrology can do that. But it's really important to take everything with a grain of salt because you also don't want to create, like, a false narrative of who you are based off of someone else's assessment. Yeah, that's true. You shouldn't know false narrative of who you are. I mean, who are we? (laughs) We're human. (laughs) We're humans. All right. um, Well, I think that'll do. See you guys. Remember to follow us on Instagram to get notified when we drop. And, And join my Patreon. Bye. Bye.